welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy here. Uh, ben Slowey coming at you today. Um, I'm joined by a drummer. Uh, he's in the band uh, After Our Animals. Um, he's a wedding and freelance photographer. Um, he uh, he teaches drums as well, right? Yeah, I do uh, private lessons, yeah. Yeah, he teaches as well. Um, so he's uh, well-versed in uh, various uh, creative outlets here, and uh, I'm excited to talk to him about what he does and why he does it so thank you thanks for having me thanks for having yeah thanks for uh joining me today how are you doing doing well man uh we were just talking a little right before this we're both kind of getting our day started here it sounds like (laughs) um but i've been good overall the last the last few months especially uh obviously beginning of the year has been weird for everyone i'm not the only person who uh has lived through that (laughs) yeah Oh yeah, definitely. Um, what's like an average week look like for you these days? Average, average week lately. Um, you know, the funny thing is like last year and this is like pre COVID, um, average week, I'd say I'd be shooting like maybe, maybe two or three times. It'd be like a wedding or two, maybe a few sessions. And then, um, this year, what we noticed was after like, after the initial lockdown and when things started to open up, a lot of people, uh, rescheduled their like wedding dates or engagement sessions to like be um, the last two months surprisingly so like I've been working actually al- almost every single day the last two months so it's like a it's like a go out shoot around 6 30 um, that's the other thing is like you don't really shoot till later in the day so like your day is kind of on hold till later um, so like I'll either like work on images or just like clean up the house whatever I have to do errand stuff until then uh, shoot come home do editing, you know, deleting the post-processing part of it all. And then, yeah, then kind of repeat it the next day. <laughs> and so you, you've become uh, somewhat of a night hawk, as you were saying before. Yeah, yeah I'm up late a lot. Uh, and I don't think that's unique. I think a lot of people our age, too, are fucking up late all the time. Part of it's like a cell phone. You have a cell phone if you late. I've been trying to do that thing lately where you don't bring a cell phone into, like, the bedroom at night. Uh, mm-hmm. It's easier said than done because, like, fuck. 2am rolls around yeah. and you're like you want to go in and you want to bring it in you want to stare at whatever um because i feel like that plays into me being up late for sure yeah that's actually funny you say that because like scrolling is honestly usually what helps me tune out into a deep sleep at, at like when like when i'm already kind of sleepy usually i just kind of like scroll on like twitter or reddit until i'm just too tired to like keep my eyes open and then yeah, I, it's usually the last thing I really do that's stimulating before I fall asleep. So I guess it depends on, you know, what role your phone plays in your night routine. Definitely is like a relaxer, I think, for me. It's funny you mentioned Reddit. I go on like public freakout almost every night. I love that subreddit so much. <laughs> I I follow too many. I I. I feel like a lot of like those good ones get drowned out in my feed just because like I'm interested in all kinds of things, but I'll have to, I'll have to check that one out for sure. Public, it's, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just like a, it's like almost like a, a world star Reddit equivalent. Um, <laughs> though lately, like, especially this year, a lot of videos on there have actually been in a way I find more helpful than like funny or meme just because it's been like, this man has been assaulted by officer. This person was killed unjustly. And it's like bringing light to that subreddit's become like a light to that this year, which I think is oh, really word. cool. I think oh. it also, it, it fits the definition of the subreddit, public freak out or whatever. Um, but yeah, I can definitely relate to that. The whole scrolling thing. 
yeah. You um, you probably love this. Um, it's called uh, you might have already watched it. It's called The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Oh, I saw someone just post about it today, but they said like everyone needs to watch it right now. It it's I mean I know it sounds cliche. It feels a little eye opening. You know, like when you watch like those food documentaries, and it's like it shows like the animal slaughterhouse, and then like days after you're like I'm woke. I'm gonna stop eating food. I'm gonna change yeah. the world. All right, so that's kind of like what it felt after watching that. It was like holy fuck, Facebook's so screwed up. Google's yeah. so screwed up. Um, oh, I didn't ask earlier. Sorry, I dropped f bombs a lot. Is that gonna? Oh, don't worry. It, you're you're supposed to. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Fuck the system. That's that's that's. <laughs> I just yeah. wanted to make sure. Um, I, I was gonna say you you'd love it, and after watching that, it made me kind of think about how they 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 like in like scrolling on Facebook. They've created Facebook to be like slaughtery or, or lottery like slots in the sense that like you know you pull a slot and it goes. You might win, you might lose. It's like that. It's like, do I see something worthwhile? Do I see my friends and family? Is it is it an ad for new shoes? What is it? They turned it into this giant slot machine. That's why it's so addicting to like flip on it. It's like the last few days I've caught myself doing it, just like going on Instagram or Facebook and scrolling like an idiot. And I'm just like, oh man, I need to like take a break. I'm trying to like remind myself. But that's, I mean, that's something I'm sure everyone can like work on a little bit. <laughs> I, gotta, I do need to watch that usually i watch everything that comes out like at through the year usually i watch it all at the end of the year but that does sound like a particularly relevant topic right now that oh absolutely you know, i'm sure it's and you know this is some things that are some things that just become like you know you just see people talk about it so much that you're sick of missing out that's what happened with Tiger King. Like, I just... Oh, yeah. I, at first, I was like, this sounds really just goofy. Like, I don't... Like, why would I watch something like that? But then I did watch it because I just, you know, really had to see what it was all about. And that shit is crazy. Like, and that it's also crazy to think that that was the beginning of quarantine like that was a different era of quarantine than now yeah that was like maybe like the honeymoon phase of the quarantine yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was like when we were just a couple months in and or not months weeks we were a couple weeks in and we were like oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a summer you know it'll be fine we're, we're gonna just... have a summer yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're still but, gonna live our normal lives yeah you know I'll be back to work in a month or so Gonna have my unemployment, no time, everything will be fine. People in the creative industry aren't gonna get screwed out of their entire livelihood the entire year. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um is yeah, but um it's now it's September sixteenth today and uh Oh yeah. I just saw that the C D C is saying that this will probably last until the end of next year. Yep, uh, they're expecting another like year, 14 months of like, the, I mean, basically until vaccine is in the works, because I feel like America dropped the ball on handling the, the, the quarantine, the, the outbreak of it all. And granted, I'm not like a health professional by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I, I am speaking as someone who is the least qualified maybe to talk about this, but I just felt like the lockdown procedure could have maybe started earlier. We could have held it longer, took it a little more serious, and then we could have been open like around now. There could have been shows happening here. Like in, in I think it's Norway or Sweden, they're hosting like these huge amphitheater concerts out there because they, they handled it right. They're moved on from it. They're their new cases have like either stopped or, or negligible at that point. 
and it's just yeah. like when is america gonna get there but yeah well yeah. We're, western civilization is built on entitlement and selfishness so i oh, careful you're gonna rile up the proud boys oh, well they can <laughs> come after find me. you yeah they can come after <laughs> me i mean oh i'm sure we'll have a nice little chat I'm sure we will. Well, anyway, so Xavier, all we talked about on Mr. Nice Guy, we examine love and fear, passion, and creativity. And um, so uh, she was just in the room not too long ago, but I met you through uh, your wonderful partner, Taylor. That's correct. Uh, yep. Taylor Walter. Yep. <laughs> um, how did you guys meet? Never asked you that. Oh, it's super, uh, super straightforward in 20, uh, it was 2017, 18. I think it was 18. Yeah. Um, beginning. He's swiping on Tinder, man. We both oh, super yeah. liked each other, and we had like a bunch of mutual friends. I, I like that feature in Tinder when they added it. You know, like the oh, you're mutual friends of these people. And then it's like oh, hey, you know, uh, she knew a friend of mine, uh, Jenna. Not I can't. I don't know how to say your last name correct, and I don't want to drop her. Name. Nakasuji or whatever. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I worked with her at Bel Air for a, a couple years when I was over there, and um. We were friends to that. So she, like, she knew Taylor and it was just kind of like, okay, so I feel like you're probably cool. You obviously love photography. I love photography and video and like bonded on that musical art, creativity, whatever you want to call that. Um, but it was just like Tinder. We started doing some dates. Our first date was at uh, Fuel on Fifth in Walker's Point. Um, is that spot still open? No, it closed. They closed all the fuels, right? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Oh, that's when it's poor Toro Toro. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But but that being said, yeah. So we met through we met through Tinder. Um, went on some dates, started dating, and now we've been living together and working together for the last like two years. Um, oh. We shoot we shoot weddings together, so we share that passion. Obviously, um, me and Taylor last year did about like fifty weddings together. This year we've done like twenty or twenty five. We got some more up to the end of the year as well. Um engagement sessions fun shoots uh she's been like working with me on video work so outside of weddings which i, I obviously do enjoy and i do a lot of them uh, i love to do like music videos little like artist videos whether it be like a playthrough um so she's been like helping me with that a lot whether it be like oh i need another hand to help with like lighting or um helping me even hold the camera as i move it a certain way um there's been, definitely been there's a big difference between photo and video and i feel like video has been like the newer endeavor in my life the last two years so uh it's all been like a learning experience um but actually taylor taylor also have been doing wedding photos for a lot longer than me so i've been doing it full-time professionally for two years two and a half and she's been doing it for like seven something so she's she's like literally experienced probably everything you could ever experience when it comes to like a wedding day um, if you want to call it a nightmare or if you want to call it a problem, like she's dealt with everything. So in a way it, make, it makes me feel really good getting to work with her. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. She, um, I met her actually when we were coworkers at Moe's Irish pub. Oh years. yeah. She's talked to me about Moe's. <laughs> oh man. Moe's Irish pub. That was, I, I, yeah, it was a good experience. It was my first like restaurant, like service industry job. Um, yeah, uh, it was a total mess uh, working. Like, like the, there was the the management was just like pretty much non-existent some days. Um, but as they I tend think, to be in restaurants, in my opinion, yeah. you know, as someone who's worked at a bunch of restaurants too, dude. Like, I before the photo thing, I was bartending and serving and hosting all that food running, 
yeah. kitchen yeah. line work like all of that um that's how like i made money to afford equipment i just like hustled ass i'd work like 75 hour works at 75 hour work weeks at uh, bel air and then just like saved cash <laughs> saved all those tips yes but yeah we did work with some cool people um and i mean obviously made friends out of the experience but um you got any yeah. crazy stories from Moe's? i just feel like that spot would have had something gnarly happen mm-hmm. well i will say that um the so we had a really shitty manager our manager was a total fucking asshole drop that name no i'm kidding it's okay <laughs> um yeah he's a he's a total dick but i like actually put my two weeks in and like got a new job and literally like i think it was like three or four days before my last day i found out that our shitty manager had put in his resignation and i was like are you (laughs) kidding me of course he leaves right as i'm leaving i mean he's mostly the reason why i'm saying fuck this place anyway Maybe but, you doing it. He's like, this guy's got the right idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, this guy is on to something. He knows. <laughs> it was, um, I mean, like, I, I remember, like, working, like, St. Patrick's Day. We had to be there for, like, 12 hours. And it's. Oh, I can imagine St. Patty's being insane there. Dude, you get, you never want to hear, like, Irish Celtic music ever again after those days. Because it's just, like, all, yeah, it's just yeah it's looped and it's overcrowded and you're running on like two hours of sleep and you're just like dude i hate this holiday (laughs) (laughs) why did i ever like this yeah yeah. (laughs) oh fuck man that's funny i uh, i've been like in that area on saint patrick's day in milwaukee i've only ever done that once by the way like one was enough for me going out and trying to drink on on St. Patrick's Day in Milwaukee. That whole week is nuts. The, the Shamrock Shuffle. Oh, it's not worth it. It's just not worth. It. I I've also like I've worked them as a bartender too, and it and that made me I feel like not want to go out and do it as much because I feel like it just remind me of like the job now. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it you you I don't have the vitality for those kinds of things these days. Like. Oh yeah. I'd rather just grab a quiet drink at you know a dive bar or something like that. Um, yeah, heck yeah! Shout out to Sugar Maple. That's in uh, Bayview. That's a great spot. Yeah. yeah, it's one of my favorite spots to like go to. Grab Their a drink. selection is insane. Great is- prices on pitchers, dude. You get, if you go with some buddies, you get a couple of pitchers. You could it's like ten bucks for like I don't even know the exact amount of fluid in it, but it's a big pitcher and it's good quality beer. It's oh. not just like Paps. <laughs> nothing well of paps i'm just saying that's that's a lower quality beer though. right it's yeah you get like <laughs> they have so many different crafts there like milwaukee's gonna come after me like xavier <laughs> said something negative about paps <laughs> yeah like, you're not safe here anymore you're gonna like get notes on your door now <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just a natural a natty light drinker that's uh, chug those yeah oh, i i'm a hams guy oh i was joking natty lights <laughs> I, I like hams actually hams is there's probably some hams cans laying around here somewhere yeah actually that's a big thing armand and i bonded over because he likes hams too Um, oh my god every video i do with them or like anytime we're hanging with those guys i I love um you know joining the after hour boys this last few months has been like absolutely incredible for one for me yeah i've I've known those guys for for years and years when i first moved to the city um and like i was playing with human after all back then 
Um, and then like Armand even was like on a song of ours at one point. And it was like, honestly, one of my favorite songs we made in Human After All. So it's kind of funny when like moving forward years later, I'm like working with them again. Um, I'd want, I've wanted to for a long while. I feel like COVID actually made the timing work out because the biggest thing is I just, my current schedule with wedding life and with like lessons um, and trying to pursue video, it's hard to like find time to like take three weeks off to do a tour thing or yeah. whatever. So, and I work weekends a lot right now, except during winter. So, but because of COVID, obviously shows aren't happening. Everyone's focused on content a little more, which I think in the yeah. year 2020 as an artist or a creative, as anyone trying to launch a business, online content is king. Uh, video presence, consistent posting, all that stuff. That's something that you kill too with like this podcast. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I Just mean, it's to been, say that. It, yeah, man. I mean, it's been keeping me sane. Like if I didn't have this outlet to connect with people, then I would just be so stir crazy. Um, yeah. I, um, yeah. I want to also take a minute to congratulate Armand on his new baby. Yeah, he just had the cutest little kid. I, yeah. I don't even know if I can show pictures of the kid. I, I want to because it's cute. Yeah. He sends pictures like in the band chat all the time. Here, yeah. I'll just do this but, for fun. Yeah, he's a daddy and I'm uh, really happy for him. He literally, um, every day he sends like a new little picture he takes with her um, in, the, in our chat. We haven't seen him obviously since the baby was born. I like obviously for a couple of reasons in case of COVID stuff obviously the first few months i feel like a child is born that time with their parents is very important totally um not someone who has a kid just speaking from what i've heard but <laughs> i feel like those first few months is like their development of their brain how comfortable they are with their parents later in life like all that stuff yeah, yeah congrats Armand, on your and emily by the way on your yeah. new kid i don't know shout out to new baby do you know her name no nora nora it's a beautiful nora. name yeah that is a beautiful name. She's a little cutie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so that's actually a good segue into talking about your music. Yeah, um, I didn't, you were asking like what a day in my life, a week is life in my life. And I guess I forgot to include uh, Mondays. We like, we hang out here, we practice, we, we try to write. I want to say, I want to say on that note, I really dig your setup here, dude. You've got oh. a really... You've got one of the nicest like um, cameras, yeah. Interfaces I've interacted with on the show so far. Um, oh yeah, I know. I was hoping I didn't come off like a total snob. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> all the camera companies right now did a thing where they released webcam software, so you can use like your your DSLR, your mirrorless as a webcam now. And I have my professional equipment hooked up, so yeah, it does look nice. But um, and also like light stuff. I the blue light I like. I don't know. Keep the room looking cool. Yeah. Or whatever. Hey, it, it inspires me that to maybe I should uh, upgrade myself. From... Hey, if you ever want some help with that, I could help you find like the the price points on it used and just like if you if what you need like bare minimum to get X quality. If you get what I'm saying, please um, do. Please yeah, I'm serious though. You could you could get a cheap camera and, and plug it in. It would look just like this. Like especially after it gets compressed going through zoom or something um it doesn't matter as much but i, I could see you mean like, the clarity helps yeah um, but yeah. Yeah, all those like youtubers now too are doing the same thing since they released that like software it made it really easy um yeah. people were like were worried about overheating issues like leaving your camera on for i don't know if you stream for eight hours a day or something but <laughs> i don't i don't do anything like that like <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I've thought about starting streams about like teaching people how to edit and stuff sometime. 
um but i'd, I'd want to like really curate that content and like take my time with it and right yeah. now it's like wedding season it's it's not the best time to like launch that on top of stuff but sorry yeah. you, i didn't mean to cut you off you were asking oh no not like, at all not at all don't worry. Um, you're really easy to talk to man so i I dig, I dig the energy i was gonna say um you as well that's something i've noticed in all your podcasts it's got to be great to like just meet a bunch of different people i feel like you select people you know within your life that are doing certain things um and like i saw you had like another filmmaker on like recently and just like getting in touch with those people's lives totally of course i mean i i appreciate that i mean i think that i'm just a generally like i've always been a pretty easily amused person and I think that I don't, I mean, I've never believed in like clicks or like, you know, letting your eccentricities like, um, you know, put you off from people. Like I, I'm a, like, I firmly believe you should always embrace your eccentricities. And like, it's been a great way to like, just do that. Like use the show in a way to do all those things because like you know you never know what you can learn from somebody or what you could teach somebody and uh, i just think that i'm fascinated by what people what makes people tick and it's kind of just really cool to like you know keep learning and continuing to understand people because it helps us make sense of ourselves and the world around us so I think it's really uh, that's a profound like way of looking at like talking to people yeah like something I, I try to strive to like teach the few drum students I have is um you can you can learn something from any drummer for example so like like yeah this guy okay let's say let's just put someone in a box real quick it's me it's 19 year old me playing in his yeah. first like professional band he's a little sloppy he hasn't played to a click track much okay what can you learn from this person whether it be oh you know what I noticed they struggle at like this little thing. Maybe that's something I struggle in. Oh, hey, I noticed I really like how they look while doing this thing. You know, they look like they're having a good time. Maybe I should try that. Oh, I like how they hit this drum. I like how it's, you know what I mean? There's little things you can pick up on. And I, I have found, and I'm not attacking anyone, but musicians and, and photographers, anyone creative can get very, like you were saying, clicky, uh, very self-obsessed, very... Uh, get a big airhead very quick. Oh, there's so many big heads. I try try to just be like, I'm just a dude who, who is fortunate enough to have a job doing something I like and who is fortunate enough to, to have a little bit of money to purchase these things Um, through my own volition. I don't have like Donald Trump parents or anything. (laughs) Yeah. Neither do I. I I didn't get a small loan of a million dollars or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like fuck out of here with that shit. I'd have fucking health insurance. (laughs) When he said that, not only was that a total lie, like he's gotten so much more money from that. Yeah. But also, it's like shut the fuck up with your small loan of bolt. Like fuck you. You You know what I found. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The thing that pisses me off most in this world, one of the things is a lot of like a lot of the famous people you think were self-made if you look into their history they have someone related to them that's famous or has so much money um and i'm not and i'm not trying to like compare myself to those people or say i am going to be or ever was a person like that more so that like a lot of people strive for like this idea of like internet fame i think or whether it be through the music or through their art and i think a lot of people forget how like the people they look up to themselves have like crazy budgets and people supporting them you know if you 
are Kim Kardashian. OJ's lawyer. That's what it was. Okay. So he, he obviously was paid way the, I'm sure money was thrown into him. And so he could not hold any more in his account or whatever. So like that set those girls up as an example, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's like, uh, it's it's like hierarchies with like Kings and Queens still like they had all the money and power. It's still like that today. I I like how people like, like to pretend it's different democracy and stuff, but like in reality, people who have money and power and, and their, these are families still control those things. So that's like a, you know, that's something that I always I think about. That's interesting, I guess, with a in terms of a current political climate and social yeah. climate. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I just, even, you know, especially when you are like a creative of yourself or when you do come from, you know, difficult conditions that, that you really need to like um, sort of, fight your way out of in order to like succeed and be happy with yourself and where you're at in life. I mean, it makes it easy to see a lot of just that superficialness where you can tell like, Oh, these people are doing it for the clout chasing or these people like haven't had to work hard for all of their possessions. Like these things were like granted or handed to them. And, and it's not to say that like, you know, those people still don't, have their own issues because of course they they of course they do but it's just like you know it's just all a matter of acknowledging your privilege which you just touched on um and uh, yeah like and i appreciate you saying that because i think that everyone needs to recognize that like we have the means to make something out of nothing whereas others like probably have dreams of doing that but they're struggling to like keep a roof over their head or food on the table right now and they just can't do that because of society turning its back on them and that's and that's why like our jobs are really important to uplift people like that and to give them and provide them resources and to fund communities and not fund you know systems of oppression (laughs) which is a different conversation, which we can always have uh, off the record, but, um, but you know, you know what I mean. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, everything that's happened the last few months with uh, with Black Lives Matter has been has been eye opening for me. Um, you know, I I like to think I am a socially aware person, you know, but at the same time, I I am white. I have my my social bubble, my social circle that can maybe limit me from things I can see. And I think right away, that sentence I just said alone is something every person in this country should ask themselves right away is, where do I stand? Who do I know? What can I understand based off those things? And like, go from there. Because um, on the first, like the first day the protests happened in Harambe, I, w- I went out there with Taylor, we actually went to photograph and like be a part of it in March. And um, I, I am not by any means one of the photographers who has like worked hard at this. If I could like think of a, a person um, off the top of my head, I would like shout out someone. His name's Samer Ghani. I think yeah, knows- shout out to Samer. Yeah. I knew you were going to say Oh, I said his name wrong. Wow, he's going to hate me. <laughs> can, can you say <laughs> it again you- for me? Just so that's right. Samer Ghani. Samer Ghani. That guy, for one, he's always been so cool. And I've seen him. Like, he, does, he does concert photography too. Um, he's worked with artists I know in the city and I'm like friends with. His, or his work is always amazing, but he, he's been out there just all killing it. He's been out there since day one. He stayed out there. He's not making money from this shit. He's just genuinely doing it because he gives a shit. Um, but the reason I brought that up was going out there that first day. I saw him there for one. He was there too, day one. And they, they, 
just what was said there, what people were talking about and, and the energy and vibe of the spot already showed me so much where this is coming from. So every time I like see something about how BLM is violent, the, the purpose behind it is evil. I, I get upset. Like I, I, I have lost friendships the last year, even like business potentials, which I'm okay losing those um, because I've blatantly been like, if you don't support this, I'm just not okay with you anymore. I, I, I cannot, I want people on my timeline to know that there are shitty human beings for that. Yeah. No, <laughs> as, people, as, as lame as that sounds, but no, I agree. I mean, people, people that say that shit are just thinking so like fucking closed minded about the whole thing. Like they're not thinking big picture. Like, what town okay. do you live in? How often are you around black people? How, right. Like, there's, there's all these like little things that go into how you do something. And as someone who's like spent my entire adulthood living in, in Milwaukee, like in River West, um, in, in East Side, stuff like that, I, I, I have seen, I've seen the racism in Milwaukee from cops oh, for yeah. one. I, I feel like maybe even I've experienced it to a degree. Like I'm, I'm white passing, absolutely. But I'm abs- I'm half Mexican. I don't even, I don't know my genetic father. And there was a night I was riding late, and I feel like maybe in the dark, I'm my 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 Mexican features, if you want to call it that, my skin tone, face structure may have looked a certain way because I got stopped in Shorewood, and and a, a cop searched my backpack, and he's like, "We're looking for someone stealing radios." And I'm like, "I'm I got off work. I'm driving to go see. I'm biking to go see a girl I was seeing at the time," and I was just like, "Okay, you can look through my bag. I don't know if this is legal or fair." You could see my Bel Air T-shirt in there. Right. So I was like, yeah. I just got off work. Like I said, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like no, I agree. I mean, like, you know, I'm Jewish, but I. And that was very sorry. Real quick, that's a very minor form of anything compared to other people experience. Oh, but totally, I'm just saying totally. it was maybe a little eye-opening, and someone else may have experienced something similar. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I, yeah, like, I mean, I'm Jewish, but I'm still white, and. Uh, like yeah you know i connect with that form of oppression being anti-semitism like i when i see still that, very real in, in 2020 yes yeah, still very real but still holocaust deniers in 2020 just yeah, yeah like, there absolutely are um and people that downplay the holocaust too but i just um, imagine that kind no really it wasn't a big deal guys it's like <laughs> like really six million jews yeah Six million Jews, motherfucker. Millions of people have died throughout history, man. Come on. <laughs> okay, you all lives matter, motherfucker. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that, but, that phrase. That phrase. Yeah. But I am, the point being is that, you know, I'm still white. I'm still white passing Jew. I mean, I'm still, like, as white as, you know, uh, as someone who's not Jewish who is white. So also one, another big one is men being able to like go out for walks at night because they want to like get some fresh air. They want to like, you know, you know, just uh, zone out into, into the nighttime air. Take a walk. Like that. Yeah, Take a walk. yeah. Yeah. Which I do Literally. all the time, but yeah. that's a privilege because You're many, right. because, you know, many women still feel very uncomfortable doing that and rightfully so. Because Taylor would never do that. My girlfriend would never go. Like she always asks me to come late if she's like walking. Uh, we have a dog, yeah. Coda. Like she always asks me to come with her late if she's taking him out to you know go to the bathroom or just get out of the house. Yeah. And we live yeah. in we live in Bayview. You know what I mean? Like, and that's you. You could say Bayview is a is a white gentr- gentrified area. I feel, even then, still like she, she, 
just don't feel safe. You know what I mean? It's not even about who it is or where you are. I think it's more so just about the potential um, of these things happening. Yeah. And like I you mean, see videos of people like getting kidnapped and stuff off the street right. lately. And it's just like, I don't know if it's um, sensationalism with like online media or if it's just like an actual thing that's, it is a thing that's happening. I'm not trying to be like that, but I don't know if it's like happening more lately or not lately. You know, it's one of those things where I feel like um, it's easy to, to let that maybe get you feel scared of oh. the location you're at. I mean, I've had women friends that have been followed home that have. Oh yeah. Like I had a friend, my, one of my good friends in college, like she was like literally walking to our place on Farlow and Locust from UWM's campus. And in that like two blocks away, she was followed and she like ran to our place. And when she got there, when she got to our place, she was like in tears, she was bawling, she was freaking out. Like I just got followed, like it was so scary. And it's like, dude, like, that can't be downplayed either. I think I that'd mean, be a good time to shift into uh, hearing about your um, drumming. Music, yeah, music and bands. I was going to say, maybe go back. I, I didn't mean to not talk about it. So yeah, um, I, I I guess for those who are interested in knowing about like my musical career personally, if you can call it in career, meaning just me doing it. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm <laughs> really, the money I've made from music has been exclusively through lessons. Um, so I, I've played drums for about the last 13 years now. Um, I got bought like a drum kit, maybe like an elementary, never really used it, like diddled on it. And then I remember like uh, a time in middle school, it's, it's big, like, you know, rock band was big back then. And I saw like the rock band thing at Best Buy and I was playing it. I'm like, this is fun. I'm like, I have the real thing at home. I could like, maybe, maybe I could like try to learn an instrument. Um, and so then I kind of started taking it serious, maybe come like freshman year of high school. That was like when I started to like delve into um, like rudiments, learning how to play with like a metronome, understanding how to read sheet music, the music theory behind it, exploring like different types of rhythm and stuff. Like I delved all in. I, I'd go to school like a pre- If anyone who went to my high school is watching this for some reason, where'd you go <laughs> um, to high school? I went to high school in actually Illinois. Um, oh, a place I'm called from Maine. Illinois too. Oh yeah, uh, Maine East High School, dude, Park Ridge Displains. Oh yeah, that's yeah. where Hillary is from. Hillary, not if I mean I'm not as huge as a fan of her, but I'm more of a fan of Harrison Ford. Oh, Harrison well. Ford went to my high school, and okay. that shit was tight, man. Every time I walked past his picture, I'd be like, "Thanks, Han Solo. Thanks." Indeed. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks oh, for okay. I, I don't like Hillary at all either. I would have been more <laughs> excited for Harrison as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I he he definitely was like the the guy I was a big um, fan of. So yeah, I love drums. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. I I do that. I do. I, I play them for a very long time. Um, so yeah, played for 12 years. I, I moved from Illinois in 2015 to come up here and try it out with like that band Human After All. Um, I played with them for a little bit. I ended up leaving around 2017 for a bit, joined again, like, and then left again in 2018. Um, and that was kind of due to like creative differences. Um, and just also, if you, you should try and write music over two years and nothing's really like, happening. I was getting to a point where I was like, okay, well, I don't want to like sit stuck in this like purgatory state of writing. I want to, I want to work with the groups and people who uh, are interested in writing with me, who, who want to come over, you know, every Monday and sit down with like their guitar or whatever and record, you know, uh, yeah. 2020, I think there's really no reason not to like have a little interface and in, 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 in something to record and just to like start getting ideas down and like frameworks of your music. Um, but yeah, the, and so uh, <laughs> kind of going back into my drumming stuff. So 
played with the guys in Human After All for a bit in, in Milwaukee, like recorded some songs, you know, played some shows with them here and there. And, uh, you know, after leaving them, I kind of took that time to focus on my career with like SB photo and design. So that, that's one of the, that's the company uh, I work for. I'm a freelance contractor, but I work for a company based out of Waukesha. So um, they definitely help a lot with like the back end of booking stuff and handling that stuff. Um, so, you know, the last two years I focused on that. And then this year uh, I got approached from Armand and they needed someone to like fill in on this video they're recording. They were going to record. And that was the video for uh, Regenerated. And um, really fantastic video, by the way. Um, we uh, featured that on Breaking and Entering. Yeah, for one, thank you for that too, by the way. Uh, Breaking and Entering, by the way, anyone who's interested in like good articles about like musical people in the city of Milwaukee, our boy here. <laughs> yes. Um, we'll, I mean, it's a gold mine in all, in all senses. Oh, in terms of art and like the creativity in the city? Yeah, Milwaukee's on the up and up. People love to shit talk this city and it breaks my heart. Um, because there, there's so many talented people here and there's such a lively art scene. And I feel like, I mean, obviously COVID has kind of hit that a bit, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think when, whenever stuff starts to open up, events are happening, that creative side can like have an outlet again, it's going to hit yeah, hard. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, so we thought, oh, they hit, hit me up to film that video regenerated because um, something happened with their, like their previous drummer where it wasn't going to work. So I had like a week to learn the song and like, play it in the video and um we filmed this baller video with a, a film crew called found format and this is just something i would like to take a moment to say is if you're if you're a musician in the city with with an okay budget to spend on a video and you want like a real team and it's, it's not just like one person showing up with a camera um you know we're talking like ac director producer makeup artist a lighting person or I forget the exact term gaffers like gaffer yeah yeah people just to hold a piece of like white foam to bounce light or to turn lights off key and on. grip like, yeah key grip key, right. key, there's these terms that i'm learning now <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah um but so they're called found format uh they 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 seriously they kill it every single time I am always blown away as someone who's a, you know, amateur videographer or working on getting more pro with it and a professional photographer. Like I'm picky about who I hire, obviously. And I I love those guys a lot. Another person I would shout out would be Eddie Curran. Eddie Curran has always killed Milwaukee. Shout out to Eddie. Yeah. Um, If you're looking for like bomb videos, those are the two people I would, I would hit up. I'm not even going to like try to plug myself. (laughs) I I think those guys out there are killing it. But so yeah, found format killed it on that last video regenerated. And then they, uh, we hired them again for this next one for our song coming out all it takes. So that's going to premiere in two days on Facebook that's going to be like, we're going to first post it on Facebook, push some, push like the links, see how that goes. And then on the 19th, it premieres on like Spotify, um, all those streaming platforms. And then on Space Untraveled, um, their YouTube channel, they're just like featuring it for a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's been awesome. Like the last single got like 75,000 streams on Spotify, which is uh, the biggest numbers after, our, after hours has pushed. And we've been really like spending a little time looking at like proper marketing and like working on like playlist stuff just to make sure people hear it you know <laughs> yeah and, um, their sponsors have been pretty good it's also just been a blast to have like a creative outlet again um mm-hmm. my favorite part of anything music photo video is just like the, the process of making it and like being there and seeing like how you did it or just offering those suggestions and tweaks like that's that's where the real magic happens in my mind um because you can always tweak it later in a computer and stuff so i find like the the, the day of experience to be my favorite part totally 
yeah, I remember it was almost a year ago when um, Armand was on the show, and that was when it was still like a really new, like um, kind of underground thing going on. I miss you, Armand. I just want to let you know. With, that you, you yeah, watch. with um, well, he was talking about how after our animals, was, um, he kind of told me off camera that you, the band was gonna be reuniting, and uh, it's been um, it's been a dope year for you guys. They've been, I mean, I, I've, we, I keep saying they, <laughs> it's, it's new to me too, I guess. Um, but they've yeah. been, they've been working hard for years, man. And, and I, I, you know, I love all the boys a lot. We got a good crew right now. We got, I think everyone has spent a lot of time like learning these songs really well. We've been putting, you know, a couple hours every Monday into practice still just so whenever COVID does end and we can play shows, we'll be like ready to hit it and hit it hard. Um, you know, purchasing some new gear upgrades just to kind of make like the live show a little better, our live sound a little more consistent um but overall yeah i mean it's just been like it's been fantastic to work with them and like be a part of a group that like collectively has kind of this this hive mind of a goal and like and a hive mind in terms of like sound and what we want to do together it's like nice to be on the same page for once <laughs> definitely oh yeah for sure that's exciting um so and then you teach uh drums on the side too yeah so i do i just i used to teach in shorewood at school of rock i did that from i think it was oh my God, 2008 2017 18 or 18 and 19 okay which i should know those but it, it, it was it was a short burst because and i i really enjoyed working there i had fantastic students and i think also one of the things that teaching drums taught me was how talented <laughs> the next generation of drummers is um because I, like i had this kid who was like 13 years old and he's just like this smooth jazz cat and i was like if i was <laughs> if i played as good as you when i was 13 like because he's, he's like, I really want to make it. As, he tells me how he really wants to make it as a session drummer. And I'm like, you're doing the right steps towards that in my mind. Because the first thing you want to do if you want to be a session musician is diversify and play as many genres as you can. Don't limit yourself to, to one. Don't, don't be the rock guy. Don't be the pop guy. Like, be the guy that can lay down a smooth mix that, that does its purpose for anything. And, that's, and I'm not someone who's made money from like session stuff. So I am speaking inexperiencedly. But from what I've heard from people that do do it and like watching the drummers I look up to online and like their take on it, that that's what they recommend. Um, but yeah, so I do, I do private lessons now though. And I do those just like through zoom or uh, FaceTime, whatever works for my students. And it's just like one, one hour. It can be shorter if they have less time. Um, quick little lessons. We go over stuff together, whether it be like rudiments, practicing with a metronome, um, learning how to read sheet music. And these kids are like, um they range from like 10 to like usually 15 16 is who mm. I like tend to work with not to say that I wouldn't work with an adult um but I, I tend to teach like beginners and intermediate I feel like if you're past that intermediate stage I, I don't really have as much to offer you if you already know how to like read sheet music and uh play to a metronome because there's a point you get with I think any instrument where you have a good understanding the only thing left is to like create exercises for yourself to practice to to get over those they call them like plates uh, plateaus and playing to get over those plateaus like you know you get good at something you reach a plateau it's like okay how long am i sitting at this spot before i develop something else that's gonna push me to that next sure. level sure. um so yeah i try to, i try to work on that and i try to teach them how to create those own tools for themselves so even you know someday if they're done teaching uh, learning from me um whether they they feel like they outgrow it or my schedule changes enough they they have the tools at their own disposal to like continue to learn um because I don't, I don't do it for the money, actually. There's really not, like, a lot of money in it. 
um, and not not to be like that, but I make I make more through photography and video. Um, that that's my main kind of honeypot. So teaching drums to me is more so. Um, it's a great way to like remind myself like the basics, keep myself familiar with it. But it's also just like a passion project where like I want to see where this kid goes five years from now. Like I want to know how much my influence has on their playing if it actually was. Um, what's the word um productive you know productive in their learning process yeah totally i totally admire and respect that so good for you Thanks, man. It's, yeah. and it's, it's just also a blast to like see a kid like learn something especially if like i take my time and i teach them something that like i just learned <laughs> and yeah. it's like and it's like hey man that's something i was working on you know you're you're just reminding them they're good and they have the means to learn something because i think the hardest part with anything is that like initial hump of like this is a, a monumental task to, to accomplish. So once you can like kind of get over those little hurdles, then it's just kind of like, it's like running downhill. I don't know. You just, you increase that momentum and just, you get yeah. faster and faster. Well, also like it's a really good way for like kids, especially at that age that have like a lot of like built up angst as they're growing up and like, you know, going through adolescence, like. It was a great that, outlet in that sense for me. Yeah, and I'm, it You're still is for a lot of these you know? kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't hope I didn't sound too violent, but something that was always therapeutic about drums is you're you're hitting something probably very akin to uh, if you're a boxer or if you're maybe Russell or something. It's it's that yeah. physical outlet, and I think that's something maybe um, men struggle with more too. I don't mean to put that against like not that like a, a, someone who's a woman couldn't experience anger issues where she could find oh, no, through, yeah. through, through that too but i think overall men tend to be more angry and violent so that being said i, I i've noticed the guys it helps them a lot too you know in, in, in earning that like that self-respect slash like that release yeah certainly so when did you start doing photography photography so i my very first camera ever uh, i was 13 my my stepfather's grandmother bought it for me um, my nana that's, that was her name. And also love my Nana. She's no longer with us. She's a great woman. She, she, my family didn't have much money growing up. So like little like expensive things like that were like $300 sometimes like, which is a lot. That's not like cheap, but she like gifted to me like maybe like once a year or something, if it was something cool and it was like the next thing I was working on. So, you know, I had like Lego figurines when I was like 13. Right. And I, uh, she bought me like this little camcorder to do like stop animation. So that was like the first experience for me was like trying to make little Lego figure stop animation shit. And uh, then that turned into like live skit stuff, kind of so, like video friends, whatever, uh, skateboarding, you know, like it's relatively straightforward stuff. High school rolls around. I took dark room for a year. So that was like film, uh, film processing in the dark room, the whole nine yards, color film, black and white film. Um, learning like proper exposure balances and like framing for your photos and like how to take a photo that has like uh, proper depth or how to portray a, a certain emotion through a photo. Yeah. And then the next two years after that, I took uh, broadcasting and film. So that broadcasting film radio. So that was like the video side slash like, um, what's the word? Commercial side of like film. Yeah. That's so what like I took learning. in high school. I loved it too. I actually just sent my, um, my high school teacher from a friend request on Facebook. Cause I like, I want, I want to reach out to him and like, be like, Hey man, like just want to let you know, like I'm kind of doing a little bit more of that now. And it's, I just, I appreciate your influence you had in my life. Like he was a really cool teacher for one, like outside of just like a cool class. He was a cool guy sure. um, and very friendly with the students in terms of like, just like being that, like kind of that mentor figure. Yeah. Um, 
And that's something else I guess I strive to do with my students is I don't want to just be like the teacher who I show up and I show you drums and I leave and it's whatever. I try to like ask them about their day and like how they're doing, how, how they are at home, any issues at school. Like I, I try to be like a big brother figure. And that's something like my, my, my students' parents mentioned to me. And uh, that's, that's actually one of the parts I like the most too, is just like being that positive influence in the life. That's, that's cool to me. Oh yeah. If I, as long as I can be. <laughs> yeah. I, I think editing photos is really fun. Like I, I oh, think, yeah. yeah, like I, uh, you know, I mean, I'm no professional by any means, but like, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, we're all, we're all at a certain stage or something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. On my iPhone, like there's some just pretty cool, like editing tools you can use to like play with the contrast and the brightness and the, the vibrancy and, you know, the saturation, that kind of stuff. Like, and it can make your pictures convey, moods or emotions that they normally wouldn't with no filters absolutely um edits are the the second half um so like in terms of like photo taking so like let's say put a wedding i feel like your camera plays like five ten percent in your final image and that's like glass and sensor and then like your personality and your ability to pose and work with whoever your model is is like the other 35 percent um and then like the rest of it is like your edit in, in the direction you take it so um i definitely yeah I, I agree so much in that sense i actually like i'm one of those people where i i get really irritated if someone like asked me for like the raws of something and that's something most photographers probably would get irritated about um just because your edit your edit is like the second half of your style right you shoot a certain way and you shoot you know whether it's like lighter darker more contrasty more colorful whatever right and then you pull it in the computer and then you have your way of like getting your totally. final product right yeah. so like Definitely the edit, I, I don't mean, you know, as a professional photographer, most people don't deliver an unedited thing. So editing is just like that second magical side of stuff in my mind. Same thing like music or video. You wouldn't, you wouldn't release an unmixed, unmastered song. You know, yeah. if you were going to, um, if someone, if you were applying to a, a, a label, you wouldn't send them the unmixed, unmastered song and lead with that and be like, hey, look at this unfinished product. Do you want to yeah. take me on? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I Same thing with photo get exactly what you mean so so you're doing and so like um taylor kind of helped you get more into the wedding aspect of that the, the, oh yeah the, i i didn't have like any wedding experience really i had like a couple second shooting like experiences but not like on the level of her um she helped me a lot with like that stuff uh the, i think the thing i love most about us now is we get like competitive at weddings well, like we'll be taking a rain shot and we'll like, I'll be like, no, mine's gonna be better. Oh no, mine's gonna be better. And uh, I, I hope our couples don't uh, find that weird. I don't think they find it weird. Our reviews don't make, make it seem like they find it weird. I feel like people feel like they're on a double date when they shoot with us, which I think on your wedding day, when you're being intimate with like your partner, uh, that experience is really helpful and it, it's nice to have. And it's, it's fun for us too. Like I love shooting with her. I, I don't, ever feel like nervous or I don't know it feel very comfortable you know what I mean it's like a yeah. piece of home came with me uh to the wedding um but that being said you know it's 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 definitely fun to like compete with her and vice versa like well, who got who got the best shots who, whose images are going to be used in the sneak peek this week or something totally yeah yeah um so how how would you say I mean with wedding photography like what were, were there like kind of new skills or concepts you kind of had to like focus more on with that specific, yeah, specific kind? It wasn't so much like the picture taking. So like 
what I was saying before, the picture taking parts like five, ten percent of like the the total process or something. Like obviously, like the light you have in a room uh, plays a huge, uh, huge difference. So she taught me a few lighting tricks for sure. Um, but at the same time, a lot of it for me was the posing, just like um, learning how to pose a bride. You know, like I'm not, I'm not a, a girl. I'm just not sorry. <laughs> so like, I don't, I might necessarily, at least before, didn't have the best mindset of oh, how do you pose a woman to look elegant in a photo? What mood am I trying to portray in this? So she, she more so, I think, really shoehorned that in my head, like the posing side of it. And then just being comfortable with like, uh, telling someone to move their body a certain way. That was maybe a boundary I had to learn. You know, being a guy, I don't want like the females I'm working with to feel weirded out about me like looking at them or something. But it's like, if, um, you know, if your bra cup is peeking out over your dress, you might want to tuck it before a photo. You know what I mean? Like yeah. little stuff like that. So she taught me like how to kind of address those things I feel the most. And also, you know, teach me about like just making people look good and feel comfortable in their skin. And that's something, that's another part of this job I like a lot of photos maybe even similar to you because you you get to like you know you visit these people's lives you ask them questions i feel like the one thing about being a wedding photographer is you show up you make people laugh you make them laugh in a photograph people want the laughing candidates they don't really i mean you want a few posed pictures obviously but people tend to really like those like the real moments a little more so i feel like i get to just show up and kind of be silly and goofy people make them laugh feel comfortable in front of the camera make them you know, not worried that there's a professional with a DSLR taking pictures in front of them and more so focus on just like the moment of the day. Um, yep. And that's, that's where I feel like your photographer's direction is, is the most important for how like your, any session, even outside of weddings, right? Any session is going to play out. Um, it's, it's all that, like the attitude you bring to it and the energy, you know, you want to be, you want to make it fun. You want to make them feel at ease. And that's and, something uh, that I feel she helped me a lot with. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so where did you start experimenting with the videography video so video has always been there too uh professionally it's been like the last year and a half so like you've had like mario lanza on the show so i've been like shooting videos with him here and they're kind of like picking the ropes up a little more acquiring more equipment because um like the, the <laughs> it's so funny like, I've, I've invested like thousands into the video equipment like the last year um, and that was right after, like, I just dumped thousands into photo stuff. So it's like, it's just like kind of getting the bits and pieces. I, I know gear doesn't make everything, but like certain pieces help, you know, you want X amount of lights so you can light something properly. You need certain powerful lights. You need, um, stabilizers, tripods, whatever it is, audio equipment to match it too. So like for weddings, I do audio on wedding days. So I have like lab mics and stuff to mic up people if I need to. And uh, that's been like the last year and a half. Um, I, I love video a lot. I love them both for different reasons too. I feel certain moments are better expressed through a photo. I feel like certain moments are better expressed through video. Um, so it's been probably like, a, I mean, it's been a 10 year journey for video, but it's been like a year and a half of like doing it with like more paid gigs and, and more professional equipment. Um, but I actually like just recently bought some, some pieces of, for my, my kit that I just felt like I really needed before I could take on some more, some more jobs and, I'm working on filming some fun stuff. Like I'm working on a friend of mine from high school. Um, she, I, I shared on Facebook, like long story short, it involves corrupt judges in Illinois, uh, Cook County. And um, she essentially, her toddler died under the protection of her ex-husband on Halloween. It was classified as like SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome. 
And that usually happens like in two, like very young children. And this baby was two years old. This, that usually happens within the first few months of them being alive. And like she did an independent autopsy. I'm not going to go into too many gory details because if you are interested, I recommend like checking her story on her page. It's a uh, justice for James if anyone's interested. Um, but her independent autopsy led to her thinking that like it, it was something else more gruesome that led to his death. And Cook County covered it up. They held trials like without her. There's a lot of a lot of stuff to get into. But um, like working on filming that with them, and I want to I want to do stuff that with video that that is impactful. Like I don't want to just do it like for money. It's always been something that's been like fun to me, and I've always watched a lot of documentaries. So I'm like, oh, this is maybe like a little a little chance to help her, and also like pursue something that's cool to me at the same yeah. time. Like telling sure. a story that telling just any story that doesn't usually see the light of day. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, dude. Oh yeah, no, no worries. I mean, I I hope if anyone like heard that right, like Justice for James, check it out, help her out, look into the story. She has um, she's had like CBS articles written about her. Like it's it's funny. She's had news articles portraying this, just like the no one's holding holding the judge and the court accountable. That's yeah. just really what it is, because they they hold all the power, right? They hold the money and the power. It comes yeah, back sounds to that. familiar. Yeah, yeah it, it comes familiar. back to that, man. Yeah. So um, um yeah. what um. What- camera do you use now mm. yeah i'll just pull it out let's make it easy i feel like i'm doing show and tell right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> um so I, I i i have two of these right now i just i use the nikon z6 let me just do this oh yeah the focuses there yeah so i mean it's a nice little camera it you know it's uh if i could go on about like specs or something but long story short if you're a photographer looking at getting into the camera world you don't worry too much about equipment i if i can make any recommendation look into what's called mirrorless cameras but other than that just whatever you can afford and it's in your budget kind of thing i'd go with but we shoot nikon right now that's more so just because it's what we've had equipment for it's one of those things where like um if you want to own multiple camera companies you like you have to have like different flashes for each one different batteries maybe memory cards little things that just add more to the cost you know whereas like if you have just one brand all of your lights work with it all your triggers remotes batteries blah blah it's just a little more cost efficient um because they'll stick you for everything man <laughs> <In> the <photo. laughs> They, they put, if they put the word fo- uh, professional in the title, it's like a $100 price tag just added. It oh, could be like yeah. a piece of paper. It could be professional photography balance paper, $110 or something stupid. Oh, good. <laughs> That's some good food for thought. Yeah, no, I, people, I, I, get, I get messages in my inbox all the time. Hey, what do you think about this camera? Hey, what do you think about this camera? Hey, and it's like at the end of the day, it's just like your budget, what you can do with your budget focus on nice lenses like lenses play the bigger role in my mind most sensors are similar so your lenses your light and then just like learn how to use your camera just get familiar with your camera because i promise you like i i have i have some cameras that are you know much far less quality than this where i can take pictures on them and i think they look just as good as long as you took your time with it you know with it how to use it and your light was set up right um yeah just like and knowing how to see light and how to like look at a room and be like this is a good good spot to put someone for a photo or maybe yeah. I should add a flash here to fill a light in or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I love Nikon too. They're, they're a great company at the same time. So I, I definitely will plug them. But at the same time, I just say, don't worry so much on the gear part. If anyone watching was curious on that, um, you know, like I started shooting 
I took some images that are in my portfolio on a camera that was like $300 and it's on my professional portfolio that I use to book weddings. So like, you know, and they're still in it. Um, so don't, don't let that be like your holding back factor, I guess. I mean, there's obviously a barrier for entry in terms of cost, but don't treat it as if it's the same. We have to spend $6,000, $5,000 to start doing something, you know? Um, and I, I just think also when you're learning something new, I'm referring to those people, newer people starting with it, you know, I feel like get something entry level, get acquainted to it, get your feet wet, see if you like it and then take it from there, you know, but that's my two cents too. You could talk to the photographer and they'd be like, I only shoot on medium format film cameras with this film from the nineties that I get from a man (laughs) in a alley because I trust him. Like, like you, every photographer has their right or wrong way. So my, yeah. my way is just don't, don't worry about the specifics as much. Just kind of go out there and do it. I yeah. found that like I, I've sat and I've like planned shoots and I worry about all these specifics and while those things play a role in a way, it's like day of doing it, you just got to do it and like kind of get your feet wet. Yeah. yeah. Elitism is futile. So I, yeah, I, I agree. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I try not to be elitist with photo stuff. I, um, because I mean, at the same time, like, like I was saying before, I, I, I try to recognize everyone. Everyone is like a similar person in my mind. Like, I feel like we're all relatively the same person of course, yeah. in the terms of like what we're capable of and what we are, blah, blah, blah. Right. So everyone is a photographer just at a different stage, if that makes sense. You know, like everyone, I don't think I'm special in terms of shooting it. Um, I, I just think that I have, I have obviously like a portfolio that helps me book stuff, but I don't think I'm any different than like any other photographer out there or videographer who who's offering a service or something it's just like you just kind of do it and you just be personable with people that's the, the other part again that's the part i love you get to kind of show up and make people happy and no one's ever upset on their wedding day i've never had a bridezilla like that i don't think that really happens in 2020 i've had brought mother of the bridezillas but that's like a joke even amongst like the the people who aren't in the wedding industry yeah yeah you know what i mean it, parents uh, are very attached to wedding obviously so sometimes they're helping with it too um, you know, there's, there's different case scenarios. Just take them as she goes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Xavier, for uh, being on the show this afternoon and uh, hey, talking, no yeah, talking about music and we talked about some, some politics. We talked about some photography. I mean, I think we touched on a lot of things. I, I really dig that you have like, oh, you're interested in a lot of things. You're a layered individual and, uh, those are Thanks, usually man. the easier people, to, the easiest people to talk to. So it was nice to have this conversation. Even like I, like genuinely, been working a lot the last few days. I I got to hang out with my bandmates one day, but even I had to kick them out to work. So I'm just yeah. it's nice to have this conversation. If you just want to call on chat, man, hey, shoot an idea my way or something. Like I'd, I'd love to yeah, be man. a part of any any process you're working on collab wise. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'll I'll keep that in mind. Um, so as we're closing out here. Um, tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps? Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> um, the feeling that this planet is heading towards a never-ending demise uh, with our climate and money. People aren't <laughs> taking time to understand each other anymore. I think the internet is destroying our ability to communicate socially. Um, <laughs> also, Trump possibly getting four more years in the office. Yeah, that, that keeps also all of us at night. I- that keeps all of us up. Um, and actually, to- I'd say the main right. thing that keeps me up at night is is probably is actually just like worrying about the state of the world, man. I, I, I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm a pretty empathetic person. I try to be, 
So like when I see shit happen, if I see a video of someone dying, like that hurts me. Um, I think about it for a couple hours after even. So yeah, like I'd say it's current state, the news, the news keeps me up at night. That would be the main thing. I've well, been actually it, avoiding it lately <laughs> to get oh, sleep. Yeah. But, um, well, that helps with the phone, not, the phone being in the other room. That's what I was saying. Because yeah. I, I scroll off, scroll on news late at night. What keeps you late up at night? <laughs> uh, man. Um, it's a tricky uh, question, right? I was like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I usually, it's, I ask every single guest that, but I don't always think about what my own answer is. But sometimes I do get it thrown back at me and um lately um i mean i worry about money a lot um money's kind of like the big thing right now is what keeps me up at night but yeah similar to you i mean i'm just worried about you know moving backwards as a society and like backtracking and into reactionary policies or systems like you know, I'm, we, I, I, I just, we can't do another four years. Like, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I really don't like Joe Biden. I was a staunch Bernie supporter. I didn't, yeah. I, but I, I'm, say, I don't want to pick Joe, but I will to say. Yeah, same, same. And, um, and I do think that. weird and he does have a weird relationships with children, I think too. Um, I mean, I think if you're a politician, you need to educate yourself on how to condone yourself, uh, act around other people. So people can say it's his personality or whatever. I think it's an antiquated day of existing. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um, I would say, God, I actually I do this thing. I do the thing where I count backwards from a number. So like I'll, I'll sit in bed, right? I was saying how like I'll scroll my phone and then I'm eventually like, I should try to sleep. You know, when my brain is that it's bare empty and you know, you put the phone goes down. I just try to count backwards from like 300. <laughs> I'll, do oh, that yeah, that's like, I'll do that. So I fall asleep. Counting is a good strategy. I do that too. Or music. So it has to be very light, like uh, post rock. So if someone's looking for something to fall asleep, God is an astronaut. It's great. That's a great band. Yeah, God's an astronaut. Uh, the world is a beautiful place, and I'm no longer afraid to die. It's Another a mouthful great. to yeah. spit out. Great band live too. For anyone wanting input. Um, yeah, I would call, love to call see music that. too. No, yeah, explosions in the sky is always good as well. Yeah, yeah. all those uh, like those very like ambient wash post rock bands. I I love them for one, uh, like car rides. I don't know if you ever did like a journey in a car. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a movie, like an indie movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Well, thanks again, Xavier. Um, And thank you for having me again. I've I've been a long time. I didn't even say it earlier. been a long time listener to Mr. Nice Guy Watcher. So it's cool to join on and like say, hey, I did that thing once, too. (laughs) I was on it. Like, cool to see my own face. (laughs) Um, Appreciate it. Real quick, if it's cool, I just want to give that quick little shout out to a few people real quick. uh, just music in Milwaukee. If you're like listening, check out Rio Lanza. Um, obviously, you should know this next artist. If you haven't already, Webster X. I'll always plug Sam. Um, he's been killing shit. He actually works in, in Milwaukee, helping people like create venues and spaces for artists to create stuff and like helping his local community. So out of like many people, I always just always love supporting Sam, plugging up Strex. And then uh, another one real quick, Kenny Hoopla, too, if you haven't checked out Kenny Hoopla. Dude, guys. He, is, he is blowing up right now. He oh, is, he, he's 
he's he's killer i <laughs> i love that the the i don't want to put him in a genre but the sound he he's created is unique and the energy and the music and the performances if you watch his videos are, is just out of this world oh yeah and then, yeah. And then last one real quick this is a totally different genre but these fading visions those guys have been in milwaukee for a long time yeah. um you, you may i think you've heard the name maybe it's i have like of you. course yeah i know I know who most bands are these days, and I'm which I don't say to, to like sound cocky or anything. No, like, no. When you cover, when we have to cover every corner of Milwaukee music, you do learn who is who and everything. I, I've noticed that with you, Ben. Like even like when I first met you, I was like, oh hey, do you know this dude? Like because oh, I was just like seeing if you knew some people. Uh, I think I was like at your apartment when that like little skit was being. Filmed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was I was just gonna say that was something very common. But yeah, those guys, these fading visions, I just, I've heard some of their newer music coming out, guys. If you like anything heavy like Gen Z metalcore, I, I genuinely believe the new music they're putting out is gonna be it's gonna be really tight. So just keep your ears and eyes peeled. Oh yeah, um, for all those people. Yes, said, but, yeah. tagging them. Um, well, thanks for everyone who watched. Um, yes, thank you. <laughs> we'll be tagging uh, after our animals. They have a new song coming out on Friday. Yep, September eighteenth uh, and nineteenth, guys. All it takes. Yes. Talking then, about just alcoholism issues and uh, using using parties as like a way of like escape in life. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's real as hell. Um, and I'll be post there tagging uh, SB photography as well. Your, oh. your that would be awesome yeah yep that's that'd be cool uh sp photo we're based out of waukesha just for anyone wondering about that we, we specialize in uh in wedding uh like wedding photography obviously engagements we do like headshot stuff like in the studio newborn photography um if there's a person in the picture we'll, we'll probably end up taking it for you guys <laughs> um, thanks for watching mr nice guy everybody yes thank you guys